0: Into the Y'all Show, where we, for the next couple of hours, give you a dose of Dixie with news and sports, a little political conversation as well. We also will give you all of the Southern sports news that you need to know about. A Alabama alum and an Ardmore, Tennessee alum picks up his first win on the PGA Tour on Sunday. We'll tell you all about Lee Hodges' accomplishment plus some news out of athens another georgia football player arrested for going too fast slow down there dog (laughs) seriously he's a dog d-a-w-g we've got all that coming up on today's y'all show as well as we have here in our first hour we're going to talk about third cousins yeah third cousins do you know any of your third cousins well there's a reason we're bringing that up and we'll explain that here in our opening hour when we get to hour two today We've got a Southern History Spotlight, and if you are a proud Jew, or if you know someone who's Jewish and Southern, what a combination. And today we're gonna talk about the role that Southern Jews have had in our American military experience, because it was today in history that the first Jew ever died in defense of America. As Francis Salvador died in the American Revolution and we're going to spotlight Salvador and we're going to talk about an hour or two some of the great Jewish heroes who've passed away have been killed fighting for the South for America from Medal of Honor winners in World War Two and most recently in Afghanistan and one that has a connection to me as he and I both went to the same college. We're going to explain that in our second hour. Plus, There's a book called Jewish Confederates in the Civil War. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about that. And the only Jewish military cemetery outside of Israel is here in the South. And it's in Richmond, Virginia, and it has a cemetery full of Confederates who were Jews. And I'm going to tell you about all that as we spotlight Southern Jews specifically, but also the role of Jews fighting in the military and giving the ultimate sacrifice that's coming up as part of our southern history spotlight as we remember francis salvador today on the day that he died plus this week we've got the birth of another great southerner francis scott key you might have heard of him (laughs) we're going to talk about the man that wrote what would become the nation's the 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 national anthem of this country francis scott keyborn this week we'll explain a little bit more about his role in american history as part of our southern history spotlight in hour two plus hour number two hey it is watermelon time across the Southland, and i thought what better way to honor watermelons than for another great thing going on this time of year ice cream i've got a two ingredient watermelon ice cream that i'm going to share with you in hour number two. So you want to make sure you hang on for that delicious, delicious conversation. In our final hour of today's Y'all Show, you know, I haven't heard from her. She went all the way up to Michigan for her vacation, and we gave her over a week and a half off. But Gummit Megan Headwall is supposed to be back with us today, I think. So I've got her penciled in for hour three, and if she does show up, we're going to have a great conversation because... I don't know if y'all have seen the clips but friday night in des moines or as we southerners would say des moines um there was a little bit of a political thing going on there as all of the major republicans running for president found their way at a lincoln dinner i don't know why they call it that but they have that in des moines and it was like speed dating for all the republican candidates for president and so we're going to go in and hear some of the the speed dating comments from a few of the Republican candidates for president. And you're going to hear from Ramaswamy. and I was impressed with that guy. He's running for president, never been elected to political office. He did a great job. The congressman out of San Antonio, Will Hurd, was on stage. He called out Trump. He bashed Trump, and guess what? He got booed off the stage. We're going to let you hear some of that audio. And then when it comes to the big guy himself, He actually cut his 10-minute speech short. As I said, this was kind of like speed dating in Iowa, and Trump spoke for about nine minutes. Can you imagine Trump getting a little bit short-winded? And and he did that on Friday. Maybe it's because he was heading over to Erie, Pennsylvania, Saturday. He had a big rally inside a coliseum over there on Saturday and uh, rocked the house. But regardless, we're going to get you some info from the Des Moines Republican Lincoln event from Friday night and tell you about that. And if Megan does decide to get off vacation and get back from the North, we're going to have her contribute on that. And that'll be a lot of fun. Plus we'll have other news and sports to pass along in our final hour. This is the y'all show. John Rawl is my name. I am the general of Southern Conversation. And here at the Y'all Show, we invite you to be a part of our program. It's easy to do. We've got an email address, mail at yall.com, mail at y'all com. And we got this show up on awesome radio stations across the Southeast. And I want to remind you, you can find the podcast of this show. And we appreciate the thousands of you each week that catch our Y'all Show in podcast form. We're growing that big. Thank you very much. We've got the fertilizer and we're gonna grow it even more so before we get to the start of college football season here in a couple of weeks, because we're gonna have plenty of college football to pass along whenever that thing kicks off. In about through thirty days. I think it's maybe less than thirty days now. Somebody out there's got a calendar. In fact, someone shared with me a really cool graphic the other day that talked about how we're just one month away. That's what it said. One month away. But every one of the characters, the O was like the Oregon logo, the N was maybe Nebraska's logo, the E was somebody else. The one month away was spelled out with logos of all kinds of different colleges. Really neat. You might want to check that out on one of those social media platforms. I was impressed by that. I don't know who originated that, but kudos. I love creativity, and here at the Y'all Show, we're we're trying to be a little creative, too, but uh, yes, we'll have so much more as we get close to football season, and please share this thing. The Y'all Show podcast is available in iHeartRadio, the TuneIn app. We're also on Spotify, and you can find us in Apple iTunes and Apple Podcasts, as well as the y'all.com website. All of those things, you just search y'all show and it'll pop up right there, absolutely free. You can subscribe, you can like, you can follow it. And we would appreciate all, all of the above, if you don't mind giving us a chance to earn your interest. Because we want to make sure here at the Y'all Show, we're doing our part to give you all of the Southern goings-on. We start our headlines today with some tragic news out of Middle Tennessee. We've got a couple of people involved in law enforcement who've lost their life. Here in the last couple of days First to Macon County in Tennessee And there we have a death of Sergeant William Cherry As he died over the weekend He lost his life about seven miles outside of the town That Macon County has as its county seat In That's Lafayette, Tennessee He lost his life where he served for more than half a decade in that county According to investigators, the Macon County Sheriff Deputy was heading south on Tennessee Highway 10 when a truck heading north crossed the center line and hit him head on and he died. Again, this out of Macon County, which is in Middle Tennessee, north of Nashville, Macon County straddles the Kentucky line and it is a rather rural place, only the population there for the entire county is only 25,000 But Lafayette is the county seat and this sheriff's deputy now being killed in a crash on a Tennessee highway there. So we grieve with the Macon County, Tennessee Sheriff's Department with the loss of this sheriff's deputy who was on duty when that unfortunate accident happened. Another passage of a Middle Tennessee law officer, this particular Sheriff's deputy was off-duty, but the Cheatham County Sheriff's Department, that's west of Nashville, Cheatham County announcing over the weekend that they have lost an off-duty deputy. A name has not quite been released. The TBI is looking into it, but a off-duty Cheatham County deputy dying. His body's been taken to Nashville to determine a cause of death, but our thoughts here special agents went to a home on the 2300 block of highway 12 in ashland city which is cheatham county and again over the weekend the loss of another sheriff's deputy of tennessee and this time in cheatham county a rough rough time there for law enforcement in middle tennessee this last couple of days now to arkansas And a judge has temporarily blocked that state from enforcing a law that would have allowed criminal charges against librarians and booksellers who were providing harmful materials to minors. U.S. District Judge Timothy L. Brooks has issued a preliminary injunction against the law which was recently put into effect in the natural state and it would have also, this law created a new process to challenge library materials and request that they be relocated to areas not accessible by kids Sarah Sanders, the governor of Arkansas signed this and it was supposed to take effect August 1st so the judge now putting a stop as you might expect virtually every conservative measure ends up being challenged in court and if I were Counting them up, I would say 95% of any kind of conservative measure ends up being thrown out or stopped or paused by a judge somewhere. I mean, I, I, that's the way I see it. That's the way I see it. Y'all could do your own research on that one. and It almost makes you wonder if you're a conservative out there, should we even try to make up new laws? Because they're all going to And I don't know who's going to challenge the judges I guess ultimately it goes before the Supreme Court if it's, if it's lucky And that's what we saw with The Dobbs case out of Mississippi We would still have Roe versus Wade If not for ultimately People not giving up And that thing getting all the way to the top Court in the nation But heck, that's even being looked at now To be thrown out They, they will always, always Try to overturn anything I guess that goes for both sides. Speaking of overturning, boy, Donald Trump's his legal cases keep adding up. Over the weekend in Atlanta, they started putting barricades out outside the courthouse where it is expected Donald Trump is going to be indicted here very soon. As the DA out of Fulton County, Fonnie Willis, who began investigating the, the former president two years ago, She's expected to seek a grand jury indictment in the coming days for the efforts by Trump and his allies to overturn the 2020 election loss. And she's been hinting for quite some time that an indictment would come between July 31st and August 18th. So I think it's going to happen this week, frankly. I mean, like I said, we saw barricades being put up And if indeed the former president is indicted in Fulton County, it's going to add to the list of all the legal problems he's got. In fact, he's supposed to go to trial in New York in March. He's got a trial date there for charges related to the hush money payments made during the 2016 presidential campaign, the (laughs) Stormy Daniels case. He's pleaded not guilty in that case. He's also pleaded not guilty in the Mishandling of classified documents case the uh-huh, Mar-a-Lago case and now he's got the Georgia case of which he swears was a perfect call as he said over the weekend in Erie more perfect than his call with Ukraine President Vladimir Zelensky Trump denies all of this wrongdoing we will find out he's about to have I think his fourth indictment if not third I'm I'm like Like you've probably kind of lost count. I would not want to be his lawyer because it would be confusing. He's got so many legal cases. You would have to be really a great lawyer to get his attention, to get get him focused on all of his problems. And another legal issue involving Trump, this one ties into Florida because a judge in Florida has now dismissed the the former president's lawsuit against CNN and this federal judge dismissing a claim that news articles and the graphic they put up there on CNN calling the effort to overturn the election of 2020 the big lie. Trump was going after CNN for defamation. And now, and he was looking for, by the way, a $475 million Punitive damage, victory in this federal lawsuit filed in South Florida last October, claiming that that big lie reference hurt his reputation and political career, and were tantamount to comparing him to Adolf Hitler. Frankly, I I, I agree with Trump. CNN basically everything that Trump would say, they called it. Oh, that's a lie. That's a lie. Oh, but that's a lie, and they're not the only ones. But they had that big lie graphic up for months. Anytime Trump would say anything. The big lie. Okay? So he's not allowed to give his side of the story. And whether you want to believe him or not, Trump is not backing down on his you would call it probably the big truth. He believes that he truly was screwed out of his 2020 presidential campaign how could a man get more votes than any sitting president ever and still lose by the the amount of votes that he ended up losing by that's, that's, that's how he feels now he may be wrong but that's how he feels and he's got some empirical evidence backing it up at least the kind of evidence he wants to have and that's why whenever he sees what's supposed to be a neutral journalism entity, as CNN claims to be, that pushes the big lie, it ticks him off. And you know another thing, President Trump, if you're wanting to come after CNN, and I don't have any problem with you doing that, you really should go after them also, sir, for what they did on COVID. Because basically, as soon as Trump was out of office, they took away their little COVID counter. Throughout those months where President Trump was running for office, they would nonstop have up the numbers of deaths of COVID, the couple of hundred thousand sad deaths of this country. Like it was, you couldn't escape it. As soon as Biden essentially was elected president and double, if not triple, the amount of deaths happened under Biden than Trump, oh, that counter was nowhere to be seen. It was nowhere to be seen. And that's low down. That is not a big lie, CNN. That's a big fraud. That's a big scam. And it was taking advantage of people dying, in my opinion. CNN, shame on you. By the way, a lot of those people that were so anti-Trump and so terrible at ratings, by the way, are no longer there. Because they went down in flames thanks to horrible ratings and internal struggles from sexual Related things. Uh, I'm looking at you, Chris Cuomo, (laughs) and other things. By the way, Cuomo found a new gig. He's on news. What is it? Not Newsmax, but the 24-hour. I don't have it, but he's a good. He's a good on-the-air guy. That's why I didn't think it would take him long to get another gig. But um, but he's not on CNN anymore. Again, the federal judge tossing out this whole Trump thing, where he got mad about. The big lie. Another guy that's pretty big on TV and has, if, if CNN had its way, pushing that big lie theory is West Florida's own congressman, Matt Gates. I love that guy. If nothing else, I love his hair. But Gates in the news because at a Tampa area event this past weekend, a person did something that they should not have done and guess what? TikTok has been putting this video out there. And a person's gone viral on that platform for interrupting Gates at a... Actually, it was not in Tampa this happened. It was actually in his district. It happened at Fort Walton Beach. As this video on TikTok, which has now got over 100,000 views, it shows an event where Gates is speaking and a person interrupts the Florida congressman and says, Matt Gates, I got you the underage girl while running into the event and this guy interrupts the event with a sex doll there at Fort Walton Beach and Gates responds this guy's a real piece of SH blank blank shortly after the TikTok user enters the room security takes the doll and escorts the man out while he yells you can have her. Again, Matt Gates was alleged to have been involved in a sex trafficking investigation. They investigated it for months, ultimately closed the investigation, and no criminal action against the sitting congressman from the Fort Walton Beach and Pensacola area, aka Lower Alabama. <laughs> and so... The investigation was over allegations that he had a sexual relationship with a 17-year-old and paid for her to travel with him across state lines. Again, that turned out, according to the Department of Justice, to not be anything to it. And Matt Gates is as clean as a whistle. Back in May, a woman was arrested after throwing a drink at Matt Gates at an event and then flipping him off. But boy, he talks the talk. Matt Gates, as I said if you see him on tv it's it's must see tv if for no other reason you just got to look at his hair and he's a sharp guy he's a lawyer he's a lawyer for god's sakes (laughs) but he's a a fast-talking southern lawyer out of west florida and enjoy watching him anytime i get a chance kimberly rubio in the news she's a mother from uvalde texas who Her daughter tragically was killed in that 2022 mass shooting inside Robb Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas. Kimberly Rubio is now running for the mayor of Uvalde, Texas. Her daughter, Alexandra Lexi Rubio, was shot and killed inside her fourth grade class alongside two other teachers and 18 other classmates. This horrible shooting in 2022 And Uvalde, Texas, and now, Miss Rubio, who has tweeted a picture of herself showcasing a memorial tattoo she has in honor of little Lexi. She's running for mayor. And she put out a tweet that says, or should I say, an X, that says, "I grieve for the woman you would have become, and all the difference you would have made in this world. I grieve for the woman I was when you were still here, but one part of me still exists." I am still your mom. I will honor your life with action. This is only the beginning. And again, this mother of a daughter lost in the Uvalde school shooting, now running for mayor in Uvalde, Texas. That election, by the way, is coming up in November. I think that's a very honorable thing for her to do, frankly. A way to honor her daughter. What if she were elected? How about what a story there tragedy to it wouldn't be a a triumph, but it would definitely be something interesting. And again, spotlighting the unfortunate loss of all those youngsters in Texas. And I'm sure that woman will become a big time advocate for gun control in this country. If if elected, whether she wins or not, she's still probably going to be an advocate if she's not already, frankly. Sad story out of North Carolina. Three residents in North Carolina have died in the last month from infections from bacteria that's usually found in warm seawater and brackish water. This is a terrible, terrible outbreak in North Carolina. Cases of Vibrio are rare in North Carolina. While healthy people typically develop mild illness, infections can be severe or life-threatening for those who have weakened immune systems or chronic liver disease and again three people dying in north carolina in the month of july because of these vibrio that's the the bacteria that evidently is showing up in this brackish water of north carolina about 100 cases of vibrio are reported in america each year so be careful out there. It's probably not a good idea to go hang out in this water. If you're in an area where you have the, the back bay, if you will, of a maybe a resort-type place, stay out of that water because it does have a lot of bacteria, especially if there's things like shellfish or oysters in, in the area two of the three deaths of North Carolina involved scratches exposed to the brackish water. So, again, brackish water can be very, very scary stuff out there if you have a cut or something like that. And I can tell you firsthand, my father, not because of brackish water, but ate an oyster just about two years ago and was in the hospital for three months and was basically told he was not going to make it. Or told the family he was so out of it that we were told any second now he's going to pass away. Now thank God my father made a miraculous rebound, but you got to be careful with oysters and brackish water and more. We love our southern places that have all this wonderful aquatic life, but gosh, it's it can it can kill you. Another feel good story from North Carolina this time a Vietnamese company is going to be building an electric vehicle plant in Moncure, North Carolina. That is in the central part of the state. And this new plant is going to employ 7,500 workers. Again, an electric vehicle plant coming to to Moncure, North Carolina, and they just had a groundbreaking ceremony with Governor Roy Cooper on hand. VinFast is the company that announced that it would be building its first manufacturing facility outside of Vietnam in Chatham County. That's about 30 miles southwest of Raleigh. It's a $4 billion investment. And it's going to be North Carolina's first car manufacturing plant and North Carolina's largest ever state-backed economic development project. And they just started building it the other day. VinFast, which makes fully electric SUVs, they hope to open this in 2025. And they're going to have a capacity of 150,000 vehicles annually at this Chatham County, North Carolina car plant. That's hard to believe that this would be North Carolina's first car manufacturing plant. You would have thought that North Carolina would be like Tennessee. Their neighbor, South Carolina's got BMW. And also, I think it was um, Volvo that's just built a plant in the Charleston area. And, of course, Alabama's got a few plants and more. North Carolina been missing out on the automotive fun here, it it appears. But, wow, 7,500 employees coming to that plant in North Carolina. And that will wrap up our news headlines for Hour 1 of the Y'all Show. Coming up later in the show, I'm going to tell you about some lover's tryst, I believe is the word, as a woman from Georgia and her lover arrested in the Bahamas for trying to kill her football player husband her husband once was an auburn football player and now she's been arrested an update out of a story that involves both tennessee and texas a man from tennessee who plotted to kill his lover or the lover lover's husband he's been sentenced to 62 years in prison we've got an update on all that coming up on today's y'all show plus This is unfortunate news. A guy that I actually got to hang around a little bit with back in the 1990s. (sighs) Tough, tough last couple of years for Tom Wopat as he was arrested at the end of uh, June. I just now discovered the video on YouTube, but Luke Duke of the Dukes of Hazzard being arrested up in Wisconsin for another driving while intoxicated charge. He's had a Last couple of years, pretty rough go of it. I'll tell you more about the arrest of Tom Wopat for drinking and driving as our news headlines of the day continue on here on the Y'all Show. When we come back, we've got a Southern sports update to tell you all about as we got some news out of Athens, Georgia. And frankly, Georgia Bulldog fans, huh, I don't know what's going on, but they need to take the car keys away from just about everybody on that football program they might be winning national championships in Athens, but my goodness, they can't stay out of the news from a off the field way of covering things. So we've got info on that plus some major league baseball news to share with you all here on the show that shakes the Southland. We are the y'all show. Don't forget. You can email us anytime. M a I L at Y a L L.com. And.
1: Friendly smile will do it every
2: time. Lonely women made good lovers. we all of the mercy, good-looking,
1: smooth-talking men.
0: Y'all, I'm just singing my fanny off here in the studio, loving Steve Warner, the absolute greatest country singer ever. (laughs) And a Bob Lumen track there that, you know, Steve actually started out as a player in Bob Lumen's band. But boy, I love his version of that one a lot more than Bob Lumen, certainly. And that will get us going in a very cheerful mood on this Monday edition of The Y'all Show Talk with an accent on all things Southern and. Glad to play a little Stephen Noel Warner music for you here to get our week going. Let's give you the sports info here in this segment of y'all. And what's going on, Kirby Smart, with your football program? Another Georgia football player is now facing charges related to their driving as over the weekend, Tarion Dawkins arrested in Clark County, Georgia, charged with failure to appear related to a handicapped parking charge. <laughs> the defensive lineman was released from jail approximately 50 minutes after being booked. This guy Dawkins is at least the sixth Georgia Bulldog football player cited or charged with traffic related charges since the dogs picked up their national championship back in January their second straight national championship. They might be winning championships on the football field, but them dogs ain't hunkering down when it comes to following the law, especially the laws of the highway. And again, this is a program where back just after they won that national championship, they had a football player and a team staffer killed in a car wreck that was caused partly by driving while drinking but there was also a speeding and, and I think they were might have even been racing on some very twisty back roads of Athens so it's just another unfortunate headline coming out of, out of Kirby Smart's football program with another problem with the law of them dogs what's going on with the red silver and black red and black and little silver britches yeah all right, let's tell you some Major League Baseball news. How about them Texas Rangers? They're trying to gear up for a championship run. They've been helping lead the AL Central lately, and they're trying to improve their ball club, getting ready for a October run, as the Rangers have now acquired left-handed starter Jordan Montgomery and right-handed reliever Chris Stratton. They got them from the St. Louis Cardinals. They picked those guys up a day after they... Traded for Max Scherzer Mr. Crazy Eye Guy (laughs) So now With the best offense in baseball Those Texas Rangers Beefing up their Pitching rotation They ended up having to send A couple of prospects away With these trades Infielder Thomas Sagis And right hander Tico Roby Also John King Was sent off to the St. Louis Cardinals franchise but a very, very gutsy decision by the Texas Rangers to shore up their pitching woes. And are they going to be the odds-on favorite now from the American League, at least, to end up in the World Series? I'm, I'm not betting against them. Remember, they're in the same division with their fellow long-star foe as the Houston Astros. And so far... The Rangers have been holding their own in Major League Baseball, and that's exciting news if you're there in Texas and you want to see the Rangers get back. You know they had those what back-to-back years when Wash was leading that program, not a program that that franchise. I'm starting to sound like a, a college football show all of a sudden, and they just could not get past the opponents they had. I think maybe the Cardinals might have been one of the teams they lost to in those World Series. And Rangers fans have been, well, frankly, that was a whole lifetime ago and a, another ballpark ago as they've moved out of that ballpark. And I'm sorry, Rangers are in the AL West. Rangers and Astros are nip and tuck in the West right now. Rangers currently with a one-game lead over the Strohs. The Angels and Shohei Atani are five games back of the texas rangers in the al west while i'm at it rangers are 60 and 46 overall that's pretty good it's not quite as good as the baltimore orioles who've now overtaken the rays for the lead in the al east the rays have a 64 game win mark as well but they're a game and a half back behind the o's at this point in the season by the way I heard something earlier today. The Rays, although they may be one of the best teams in Major League Baseball, they've got 64 wins already. They are around 28th in the league for attendance there in Tampa for that. Not even. It's not even in Tampa. Maybe they'd be a lot better if they were in Tampa. In St. Pete, where the ballpark there, Minute Maid is, they are just not putting people in seats, and they're one of the best teams in baseball. Over in the NL right now, the Braves do have the best record as the Braves who are on a little bit of a streak. They've won three straight. The Braves 67 and 36. They're 11 and a half games in front of the second place Marlins in Major League Baseball. The Reds, they continue to be nip and tuck with a couple of teams, including the Brew crew. The Reds right now with a half game lead over Milwaukee in the NL Central. Cubs are four games back behind the Reds at this point. Congratulations. I didn't realize the Cubs had a winning record, but they do. 53 and 52 is their mark. And then in the NL West, the Dodgers are two games in front of the Giants. The D-backs are four games back behind the Town blue and white crew of L.A. That's a look at some Major League Baseball news. want to congratulate Alabama alum Lee Hodges as he won the 3M Open his first PGA Tour victory, he is an Ardmore, Tennessee native that played collegiately at UAB and at Alabama. And he had a tremendous final round Sunday, shooting 67. And there in Minnesota, he wins the 3M Open. Congratulations again to this Ardmore, Tennessee, which is right on the Tennessee-Alabama line, literally Main Street separates Ardmore, Tennessee from Ardmore, Alabama it's just about 15-20 miles from there down to Huntsville in uh, Madison County Alabama, but uh, congratulations to that young man with a tremendous win when we come back on the Y'all Show, we're going to wrap up this hour with a little hashtag Blue, we're going to tell you about Third Cousins, yeah and that's coming up right after this
1: party let's tell everybody we got lost i think me and you should do our own thing our own way get my place my way take it from me if you want a t-shirt to sleep in it's my favorite but you can keep it it looks good baby you should leave it hanging off your shoulder Give me them bare feet dancing down the hall and smiling me running your finger down the wall you know what i want i got what you need
0: That song there went to number one a few years back from Louisiana native Jordan Davis. I'm going to tell you more about that song and an interesting connection with a songwriter of that song that I have because I was at the number one party for that song a few years back. I'm going to tell you about that, as well as some third cousin news as part of our hashtag blue as we wrap up the final hour of this, the y'all show. But we got to go to the text line because during the break, we got a texter who reached out to us talking about the guy that brought us back from break a few minutes ago, Steve Warner. And the texter says, I got to meet him at Fanfare back in 1995. A very nice guy. You are absolutely right. And around that same time was the first time I got to meet Steve Warner. And he is is just so awesome. I mean, there's nothing more I can say. The only negative thing I can say about Steve Warner is that he's kind of sort of a Yankee as he grew up in Indianapolis, just outside of Indianapolis, in Noplesville, Indiana. But he's a U.K. fan for basketball and sports, and he's lived in the Franklin area a long, long time. So we're going to go ahead and make him a Southerner, whether he wants to be or not. But, yeah, Steve Warner, awesome, awesome there. Now back to Jordan Davis, the guy that we're hearing there sing that song, Take It From Me. This song here went to number one, and I got invited to the number one party in Nashville for this thing. And it's really weird because this was in – Maybe February of 2020 that I got invited to this thing. And it wasn't another couple of days that everything shut down because of COVID. But while at the party for this song, they were honoring the songwriters. Jordan Davis was one of the three writers. His brother Jacob helped co-write this song. But a guy named Jason Gant was the third co-writer. He got up and started talking about his hometown in South Carolina. And it turns out that Jason Gant and I went to the same high school and I had never heard of this guy till I was at the party for his song going number one and I got a chance to talk to him afterwards and it turned out he met his wife who was right there and I talked to her too working at the Chick-fil-A at Dutch Square Mall just outside of my hometown so it's pretty amazing what you can find out and I never would have known Jason Kent was from right there in the good old 803 so um, pretty neat stuff and a number one song again Jordan Davis he's got a nice career going the Louisiana native who was born in Shreveport back in 1988. He's 35 years old, and he's an LSU alum, got a degree in environmental science. We're going to wrap this hour of the Y'all Show up with a quick tweet that has come in, and this is hashtag Hullabaloo. It comes from Eleanor Thorne at I Sell Money. She's true Southern grits, she says, and she is a NC State alumnae, and she writes... Thank you, God, for third cousins who call and talk for 45 minutes to find out how your family is. Hashtag Southern. (laughs) Have you gotten a call from your third cousin lately? Hey, I got to hang out with a couple of my third cousins a few weeks ago. They actually helped put on a family reunion of sorts, and it was awesome. I'm glad they called. So uh, I'm going to wrap up this hour with that. Thank you. You're a proud seller. You, you've you struck the lottery. In fact, speaking of that, I believe they have another drawing today. I actually went to the gas station Sunday and bought two of those bad boys. So if I win that thing, and I think they got a drawing tonight for the Powerball, if I win that, I might not be here tomorrow. I'm just telling you. And I want you to be here if you win, because if you're all of a sudden a billionaire, is I think you're going to be if you win the Powerball. You still need to be proud of your Southern roots, or as we say, roots. So welcome back. It is Y'all Talk with an Accent on all things Southern, and you get the powerball of Southern gossip and goings-on each and every day here on the show that shakes the Southland. In this second hour of today's Y'all Show, we've got more headlines coming in from across the Southeast, including in our headlines today, info out of Georgia, where a woman and her lover have been arrested in the Bahamas. She's alleged to have been plotting to kill her former Auburn football player husband. What's going on there in the Bahamas? We'll give you an update. Plus, a story from Texas as a man from Tennessee who plotted with his lover in the Lone Star Estate to kill the husband after she lied about abuse has just been sentenced to 62 years. (laughs) Yikes. Don't believe that lying woman, fella. We got all that headlines coming up in a second, plus wokeness has another victory as Lee Road at Fort Belvoir in Virginia has now been renamed. The road once named for Robert E. Lee, Virginia's, one of its most famous sons and arguably one of the most wonderful and greatest Virginians ever. Lee road has been renamed and you're not going to believe the name of this new road in Virginia at Fort Belvoir. <laughs> oh jeez! Uh, we'll tell you about that. Speaking of roads, Tom Wopat found himself arrested by the roadside in Wisconsin the other week. and I just found out about this, but I'm going to tell you about Luke Duke and unfortunately, Not the greatest news for this 71-year-old actor and singer who had a few songs of his own on the country music charts. And he got arrested again for a DWI in his native Wisconsin. I'm going to give you some information. And watching the video of his arrest was pretty sad, but also wild. I'll tell you what happened while Wopat and the officer were en route to the jail strange stuff there in wisconsin we'll have all that in our headlines today plus we've got in this hour two our southern history spotlight and it was on this date in american history that the first jew was killed in combat fighting for america and i'm gonna let you know about francis salvador who was killed in south carolina this day in american history and then, because of that, I'm going to tell you about the role that Jews have had in American military conflicts. I'm going to tell you about a few that have gone on to win medals of honor for World War II. A actual connection to one of my family members happened as a, a Jewish man from Baltimore was killed in the Battle of the Bulge. I'll tell you about that. Plus, it was kind of odd when I started looking up the roles of Jews, especially from the South in America's military conflicts. Arguably the most recent death of a Jew in combat that I wanted to tell you about was the death of a, a young man from South Carolina who shares the same alma mater as me. And he ended up being, in the last year, posthumously awarded the Medal of Honor by the Biden administration. And I'm going to tell you about this young man who was considered to be the last or latest Jew to become a Medal of Honor recipient. And I'll give a big Jewish military spotlight in our Southern History Showcase coming up in a few minutes. You're not going to miss this. It's pretty enlightening. And for all of our Jewish listeners, thank you so much for listening to the Y'all. Jews, I will remind you, have been a big part of the South since its formation. In fact, we've got a whole denomination, if you will, of Jews that started here in the South. The Reformed Jews, Reformed Judaism, started in Charleston, South Carolina. And so we're going to tell you all about this in our Southern History Spotlight. Plus, we honor this week the birth of Francis Scott Key and his neat little song called The Star-Spangled Banner. All that's gonna be part of our Southern History Spotlight coming up in a few minutes. And before we get out of here today, it is July. Well, it's almost August in about a couple of hours, depending on when you're catching this. But in honor of July slash August, we're gonna talk about watermelons and ice cream, and I've combined the two. I found a two-ingredient watermelon ice cream that I'm gonna be sharing with you as part of our Southern recipe of the day. And we'll have that here as we get out of here for hour two. And Boy, we got a lot of great stuff coming up in Hour 3. A lot of political talk that I'm going to be passing along. So don't miss out on all the fun here on the show that truly is delicious. We are the Y'all Show News Guys. All right, let's get back into our news headlines of the hour as we have you covered. And by the way, if you want to reach out to us here at the Y'all Show, we welcome your feedback. Our email address is mail, mail at y'all.com sad stories to start our hour two headlines. We've had two law enforcement officers from Middle Tennessee lose their life in the last couple of days out of Macon County in upper Middle Tennessee that's north of Nashville is where this county is located. Lafayette is the county seat by the way. Sergeant William Cherry of the Macon County Sheriff's Office was killed in a car wreck as he lost his life Traveling on Tennessee Highway 10, a Ford F-150 heading north, crossed the center line and hit Sergeant Cherry's patrol car. He was on duty and he was killed in this head-on collision over the weekend. Our thoughts with the Macon County, Tennessee Sheriff's Office and for the family of Sergeant William Cherry. Another Middle Tennessee law enforcement officer losing his life over the weekend The name not quite yet released. The body taken to the medical examiner's office in Nashville. Tennessee Bureau of Investigation is confirming that there is an open investigation. But a Cheatham County Sheriff's Department officer passing away over the weekend and TBI looking into the death of this TBI off-duty officer for Cheatham County. Cheatham County is west of Nashville, the next county over and special agents responding to a home in ashland city over the weekend where this sheriff's deputy was found dead so our thoughts with all law enforcement in middle tennessee right now as they've had two officers lose their lives in the last few days and our other headlines across the south today want to let you know about a woman in Uvalde, Texas, who's going to be running for mayor. This is Kimberly Rubio. Her daughter, Lexi, was killed. Her 10-year-old daughter, Alexandria Anaya Lexi Rubio, shot and killed inside that fourth-grade classroom in Uvalde, Texas, where 18 of her fellow classmates also lost their lives, and two teachers were killed in that 2022 mass shooting at Robb Elementary School. Kimberly Rubio has decided... She's going to run for mayor of Uvalde, Texas. She's put out a statement talking about how she grieved for the woman, meaning her daughter, that she would have become and all the difference she would have made in her life. She grieves for the woman I was when you were still here, but one part of me still exists. I'm still your mom. I will honor your life with action. This is only the beginning. And this mother grieving the loss of her young daughter Deciding to run for mayor of Uvalde, Texas We wish her well We absolutely do The special election for Uvalde mayor Is going to be November 7th And she's going to have Cody Smith Going up against her The senior VP of First State Bank of Uvalde Smith held that mayoral position From 2008 to 2012 So it's going to be a tough contest for this woman again whose daughter killed in the Uvalde, Texas Robb Elementary School shooting back in 2022. Want to let you also know in our headlines across the southeast today about a woman in Georgia and her lover have been arrested in the Bahamas for allegedly plotting to kill her ex-Auburn football player husband. The woman's husband reportedly filed for divorce after learning about an alleged affair. And so she went down to the Bahamas with her lover, and also another man had been. They've all been arrested in the Bahamas for this plot to kill former Auburn football player Robert Shiver. Prosecutors in Bahamas arrested 36-year-old Lindsey Shiver, her lover, 28-year-old Terrence Bethel, and also a 29-year-old Farah Newbold. In the plot to kill her hubby. Police officers uncovered a plot to kill the former Auburn player while investigating a break in at Grabber's Bar and Grill, which is on Great Guana Cay. Investigators came across a WhatsApp message that detailed the alleged assassination plot while searching the suspect's phones. Wow. I mean, this is crazy. I'm gonna assassinate this guy. This family out of Thomasville, Georgia, where they lived, according to the Thomasville Times Enterprise newspaper, Shiver met her alleged lover near the house she owned with Robert. And Robert filed for divorce after finding out about the affair. Robert Shiver played for the Auburn Tigers as a long snapper between 2006 and 2008. No wonder I had not heard of this guy. <laughs> Uh, In a 2020 Instagram post, Lindsay Shiver shared thoughts on social media that she had a perfect marriage. My, 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 how times can change. But she was going to, like, assassinate hubby for this youngster here. She had an affair, it appears, with this 28-year-old, and she's 36. So what's that, eight, eight years difference? Harris Bethel, man. Leave her alone trying to kill this woman, too. I wonder who Farron Newbold is. He's also part of the plot to kill Mr. Shiver. Hmm. Love can make people do crazy things, y'all. Now, let me tell you about a story from Texas. And this involves love. Love gone wrong. In this case, a man who plotted to kill the husband of his high school sweetheart, amid their 20, uh, they had about a seven month long affair going on, and he's now been sentenced to sixty two years in prison. Darren Lopez actually shot an executive with American Airlines, Jamie Faith, shot him to death back in October of twenty twenty. While he was on a walk in a Dallas, Texas neighborhood with his wife, Jennifer, who, unbeknownst to her husband, was involved with Lopez at the time, and Darren Lopez killed this man out there in this neighborhood. The wife, Jennifer, had encouraged Darren Lopez to kill her husband in this crazy scheme that included her sending him stock photos to support the lie that he was abusing her physically and sexually and creating fake email accounts to pose as worried friends. Sad, sad, sad. She's pleaded guilty to murder for hire and was sentenced to life in prison back in 2021. And when she was sentenced, the judge there in Texas calling her pure evil. But the guy that she was tricking into believing that she was being abused and more lived in Tennessee and he came over and killed her husband. killed her husband, and because of him believing her and him falling for this woman, he's now been sentenced to 62 years in a Texas prison, which is not exactly a good place to be. I don't know where in Tennessee Darren Lopez was living, but he won't be going back to the volunteer state anytime soon. Now to a woke story, just what you've always wanted here on a Monday of the Y'all Show, in honor of the 75th anniversary of Presidential Executive Order number 9981, which prohibited segregation in the military. Fort Belvoir, just outside of Washington, D.C. in Northern Virginia, it has renamed Lee Road in honor of Robert E. Lee, of course. They have renamed their at Fort Belvoir, Lee Road. Its new name is EO9981, which is Executive Order 9981, which Harry Truman signed into law July 26, 1948, declaring that the U.S. Armed Forces maintain the highest standards of democracy with equality of treatment and opportunity for all those who serve. So, yes, Lee Road now is eo 9981. Hey, I'd like for you to send me a letter. I'm uh, John at 2242 EO9981. That kind of has a ring to it actually. Yeah. So, yes, Lee Road its name change comes from a decision made by the Congressional Naming Commission started in the Biden Harris administration to recommend renaming military assets that had names linked to the Confederate Army. And the American Civil War. So you got no Lee Road anymore at Fort Belvoir. What a shame. What a shame. And then they come up with this stupid name, EO 9981 and now the Army all proud that they've done that. In my opinion, just plain D-U-M-M. And lastly, speaking of D-U-M-M, a guy that I had a chance to hang out with a little bit when he hosted a show on the Nashville Network That was some 10 years after he had been on The Dukes of Hazzard playing the role of Luke Duke. Tom Wopat, this was not necessarily something that was making big headlines a few weeks ago, but it just kind of showed up over the weekend when I was watching YouTube. The actor and country music singer arrested in Wisconsin, his native state, a few weeks back arrested for drunk driving. And there's the body cam footage you can find on YouTube if you search for it. I watched this, and unfortunately, this was the second DWI arrest in the last 15, 20 years that Tom Wopat has had. He's been in the news for some unfortunate headlines. He's having a rough go of it. Tom Wopat is now 71 years young and has been, again, out of making movies and TV shows for a number of years We wish him the best, but he was arrested in Wisconsin, which it looks like he's moved to Wisconsin, which is his native state, but he was arrested on a second DWI back on June 21st, and this body cam footage has just come out, and it's it's somewhat humorous, but it's also pathetic at the same time, but the one thing I was going to tell you is on the way to the jail, the Wisconsin officer and Wopat are riding in the car and then there's this big bang and in the middle of the night during this arrest while en route to the jail they hit a dog they hit a dog and killed the dog I assume there in Wisconsin so you you don't often see that kind of um, wild things going on on body cam footage and more but Tom Wopat who in that arrest kept saying how oh, his wife was going to divorce him I hope that's not the case but uh, right now It's not looking good for this guy who also had a a rest and had substance abuse issues going on, too, it appears, in the last few years. We wish him well. Tom Wopat, a good guy, I remember during the time that I got to be around him, he actually rented out a bowling alley in Donaldson, and the entire crew and their spouses of his TV show, Primetime Country, got to come out and bowl and drink beer and have a good time, and it was all on his dime. And I want to thank you, Tom. So I wish you all the best, sir. And I like your music, too. He had a couple of songs that made the top 30 of country music's charts a few years ago. And so we wish him all the best as he looks to overcome this thing. Maybe he needs to come back to Nashville, if indeed he's living in Wisconsin, which is where he was born back in 1951. Luke Duke, get get yourself squared away. You need to start mimicking what your partner, Bo Duke, is doing. And he's, man, he's continuing to do great things, John Schneider. So that's a look at some of our news headlines for this hour of talk with an accent on all things Southern. When we come back on the Y'all Show, we've got a Southern History Spotlight. And it ties into America's Jewish military connection. It says, on this date in history, the first Jew to ever die fighting for America was killed in South Carolina. I'll tell you who that man was and more. It's our Southern History Spotlight, and it's coming up next. I believe is how they would pronounce it here on the Y'all Show as we have our Southern History Spotlight and we honor the death of Francis Salvador as part of our Southern History Spotlight of the Y'all Show as this English-born American owner of a plantation in the colony of South Carolina was killed this week back in 1776 and he became the first Jew to ever die ...fighting for America. He actually was also a part of the Provincial Congress of South Carolina... ...and he was the first professing Jew to ever be elected to public office in the colonies. And he was killed fighting with the militia on the South Carolina frontier against the Loyalists... ...as the Cherokees, who were partial to the Loyalists, are the ones that killed Francis Salvador... Francis Salvador, again, dying on this date back in 1776. The first Jew to ever die fighting for the American cause. And he was killed in the upcountry of South Carolina. He had a plantation in what would become present-day Greenwood, South Carolina. And ended up being in an attack where the Indians attacked frontier families in the 96th District and his Whitehall plantation he rode away to raise the alarm of the Cherokee's assault back in 1776 and he led his 330 men militia into an ambush by their fellow Tories and Cherokee allies at Keewee River and Salvador was shot and fell into the bushes and when he was found later he was scalped by the Cherokees and died from his wounds at age 29. Again, In this battle of the Kiwi River which is in Oconee County South Carolina is where this battle happened and Francis Salvador becomes the first Jew to die in America's military conflicts his son would actually convert to the Anglican Church and become a minister and if you ever get to Charleston Back in the uh, 200th anniversary of Charleston's Jewish congregation being established, they established a memorial to Francis Salvador. And the memorial reads, Born an aristocrat, he became a democrat, an Englishman. He cast his lot with the Americans. True to his ancient faith, he gave his life for new hopes of human liberty and understanding. Francis Salvador. Not only was he the first... Jew to be elected to public office in America he also became the first Jew to die for America's independence and America's military conflicts Francis Salvador dying in 1776 this week at the tender age of 29 years old so yeah go check out the marker in Charleston sometime it's pretty neat, put up in 1950. I've not seen that thing. I've been through a lot of the historic areas of Charleston, but not really seen this thing and looking forward to it. They really need to have a a, a statue of this guy. This wealthy Sephardic Jew from London that came to America and was building his life and, and helped out this patriotic cause and fell to the Indians in battle there in the upstate of South Carolina so in the honor and, and the spirit of his loss the first Jew Francis Salvador to die in combat for America I wanted to move on from the Re- Revolutionary War to the Civil War where Jews were a big part of the South's fight against the North In fact, there's a really good book called The Confederate Jews by a man named Rosen, who's a Charleston native. You can find that on Amazon and other places where books are sold. It's a fascinating read. Jews were a major part of the South prior to the Civil War and remained a major part of the South even after the Civil War. As I said, the Reform Judaism movement kind of has as its home base Charleston, South Carolina. And a lot of your towns across the South had Jewish haberdashers that came in and other Jewish mercantile businesses and and other businesses. And so they've been, and and, and I'm not Jewish, but I'm I'm proud that the South has welcomed Jews since the very beginning. I'm telling you about Francis Salvador here on today's y'all show. So when the Civil War broke out, there were lots of Jews who took arms for the South. And this book that Rosen penned tells about it. In fact, it was the Confederacy that had the first Jew to ever be part of a cabinet in, in higher echelons of government as Judah Benjamin would be what would be the equivalent of the Secretary of State as he was Jefferson Davis's Secretary of State, Judah P. Benjamin. Check that name out. And he was a Jewish man serving with the Confederacy in a very high role, arguably the third leading man in charge of the Confederacy back at that time period. And he was doing it right there in Richmond, Virginia, which I've been to the historic Hebrew Cemetery in Richmond. Hebrew Cemetery is a Jewish cemetery. It's one of the oldest in the entire United States, being founded back in 1816. And within the Hebrew Cemetery is the soldiers section. And there you find the graves of 30 Jewish Confederate soldiers who died in or near Richmond. And this soldiers section of the Hebrew Cemetery is one of only two Jewish military cemeteries outside of Israel. It's the only one that I'm aware of in America. The Jewish Cemetery for Fallen Confederate Soldiers is one of only two Jewish military cemeteries outside of Israel, and it's right here in the south, where 30 Jewish Confederates are buried. The other cemetery, I believe, is for Jewish veterans of World War I. It's in Berlin. That's amazing. I'd like to see that one, how a Jewish cemetery for World War I survived the Nazi years. But yes, you can go check this out in Richmond if you're ever in the capital of the Confederacy and the current capital of the Commonwealth of Virginia. By the way, that book I was telling you about is called The Jewish Confederates by Robert N. Rosen, and it's been out 15-20 years as far as I remember when it came out on the University of South Carolina Press many years ago I I don't have a copy of it but Rosen was a Charleston native that is a lawyer and has written this really acclaimed book that tells about the, the fight of the Confederate Jews check that out if you get a chance now let's move up to some Jews of more modern times and I want to tell you about a man who fought for the 17th Airborne in World War II and this man I bring up today because I had a great uncle who was a member of the 17th Airborne and he died in World War II at the Battle of the Bulge and this guy that I'm going to tell you about, Jackman was in the same regiment as my great uncle, Knowlton Knowlton Sharp of Swansea, South Carolina, a staff sergeant killed in day one or day two of his fight there in Belgium against the Nazis and there was actually alongside him in the 513th Parachute Infantry Regiment Isidore Siegfried Jackman, Jackman and he was with Company B of the 513th Parachute Infantry Regiment of the 17th Airborne Division and this man was from Baltimore, Maryland And According to his official Medal of Honor citation, Isidore Yachman received the Medal of Honor for conspicuous gallantry and interpretivity above and beyond the call of duty at Flamiers, Belgium. On the 4th of January 1945, when his company was pinned down by enemy artillery, mortar, and small arms fire, two hostile tanks attacked his unit, inflicting heavy casualties. Staff Sergeant, Staff Sergeant Yakman, seeing the desperate plight of his comrades, left his place of cover and, with total disregard for his own safety, dashed across open ground through a hail of fire and, seeking or seizing a bazooka from a fallen comrade, advanced on the tanks, which concentrated their fire on him. Firing the weapon alone, he damaged one and forced both of the tanks to retire. Staff Sergeant Yachman's heroism, action in which he suffered fatal wounds disrupted the entire enemy attack reflecting the highest credit upon himself and the parachute infantry and he was awarded the Medal of Honor. Isidore Yachman dying in Flamir's Belgium during the Battle of the Bulge and he's buried in Baltimore's Adath Israel Anche Savard Cemetery. Isidore Siegfried Gottman, dying in World War II. Now, to more modern times, and Christopher Andrew Salise was killed in combat, fighting in Afghanistan in 2018. He was a sergeant first class in the Army, and he was with the 75th Ranger Regiment. And this Jewish-American received the Medal of Honor for his efforts. And he was a Somerville, South Carolina native and at one time was a Citadel cadet there in Charleston at the Citadel. So he and I have that in common. And the Citadel has gone out of its way recently to give Salise a posthumous degree and they've even given him a very treasured Citadel class ring for the class of 2008. The Somerville, South Carolina native who attended the military college of South Carolina from 2004 to 2006 and left the college in good standing to join the army back in 2007. And Salis would go on to be an army ranger. And just in the end of December of 2021, President Biden presented his widow the Medal of Honor because he was killed in Pakhtiya province, Afghanistan, fighting On July 12, 2018, this great southerner and citadel man and Jewish American fighting the enemy in Paktia Province, Afghanistan, he was the leader of a special purpose unit comprised of partnered forces of the 75th Ranger Regiment. And after his team reached their objectives, a large enemy force attacked putting fire on Solis and his team, preventing them from maneuvering to counterattack, realizing the danger. The pose, the attack posed to his team and the operation. Sergeant First Class Solis voluntarily exposed himself to intense enemy machine gun and small arms fire to retrieve and employ a heavy weapons system, thereby allowing U.S. and partner forces to regain the initiative and he ended up dying in this effort to save his buddies and save the mission. And this South Carolinian and Jewish soldier, Christopher Andrew Lee's, killed in combat in Afghanistan. So today we remember these fallen soldiers and heroes and thank them for their service. And again, a, a reminder of the important addition that people of the Jewish faith have made in the South not only with their various community driven and just important roles they have as citizens in their community but those who go on and serve in the military and in the cases of people going all the way back to 1776 with the death of Francis Salvador here this week we remember their sacrifice here on the Y'all Show. Also born this week, Maryland's own Francis Scott Key, born August 1st, 1779. Did you realize that Francis Scott Key was a lawyer? And he's also a poet. Of course, that's what led him to write The Star-Spangled Banner. And Francis Scott Key, who ended up becoming the fourth U.S. attorney for the District of Columbia back in the 1840s when Andrew Jackson was president wrote that little song called Star Spangled Banner his father was actually a commissioned officer in the Continental Army and key there right there in Baltimore during that 1812 battle during the war of 1812 battle I think this battle actually was 1814 there in the harbor of Maryland of Baltimore's Fort McHenry that's when Key wrote this song and we know that it would ultimately become the national anthem of this country Francis Scott Key died in 1843 in Baltimore and he's buried in Mount Olivet Cemetery which is in Frederick Maryland and truly one of the greats of America with that song he was actually did you realize distantly related to F. Scott Fitzgerald his actual real name is Francis Scott Key Fitzgerald the novelist and more so yeah a legacy of Francis Scott Key today again we celebrate his birth this week and all that part of our Southern History Spotlight here on the show that is all Southern y'all and you know what's also pretty dang southern? Watermelon. We're gonna switch over from talking about history to watermelon ice cream when we come right back. And I'm gonna have a special guest. If we could call her that. She's not really a guest, but I'm gonna have to i to have to welcome her back to the Southland. I'm gonna do that when we come right back. As we've got a recipe for watermelon ice cream. It's a simple recipe, and I'm gonna tell you all about it when the show that shakes the Southland comes back. We got Megan coming up next
3: do you owe more than your car is worth do you need to rebuild your credit do you want six thousand dollars over kbb fair market value for your trade-in Then Steve Marsh Ford says bring it. Bring it. it. Get up to $6,000 for any trade, for every trade. Come to Steve Marsh Ford, the only dealer giving you way too much money for your trade. So don't miss it. Up to $6,000 over KBB on F-150, Super Duty, Expedition, Escape, Explorer, virtually every new car and truck on the lot.
4: But I owe too much.
3: Bring it. Bring it. it.
1: But my credit.
3: Bring Bring it. it. Your full-time job means you're virtually approved. Steve Marsh Ford is the dealer giving you up to $6,000 over KBB for any and every trade. Steve Marsh Ford, South First Street in Milan. Remember, if you don't get to Steve Marsh Ford, they can't save you money.
1: Un
0: Louisiana's lady, Lainey Wilson, as we wrap up hour two of the y'all show. John Rawl and that song there, Watermelon Moonshine. I'm channeling watermelon today, and if you don't believe me, I have visual help here (laughs) to help me. You like my watermelon shirt? I do. (laughs) I got a watermelon thing. I got a little red and green pocket handkerchief in my seersucker, red and white seersucker coat today. So if you see me. You can say, that guy looks like a watermelon. I- I'll take it as a compliment. John Rawls, my name, here on the Y'all Show. We've got a watermelon ice cream recipe that we're going to share. We're going to talk about watermelons here. But we got to talk about Megan Headwall. Is that your name? Yes. Because I don't even half remember you. <laughs> I
5: have to reintroduce myself to everyone. The Yankee wannabe, Megan no, Headwall. Don't say that.
0: She went away for two weeks to go to Michigan. Not really a place that a lot of people <laughs> from down here go, but hey, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> So how did that go?
5: It was so good. Was I ate it? all kinds of food. It was amazing.
0: I saw the photos. Yeah, looks like you stand up here. Did no. you, how much? <laughs> did how how much weight did you gain?
5: <laughs> I did actually.
0: Did you really? Yeah. How many? Like three. Three? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's that's worth it. But no, it looks like you did eat well I and did. had a good time. It so awesome. I'm sorry you had to come back down here.
5: No, I'm grateful to be back down here. Really? (laughs) Nothing beats the South.
0: All right, well, so we got to get you on that Southern Michigan vacation where you can go to places like Detroit, Texas, and Detroit, Alabama, and Lansing, North Carolina, and Michigan City, Mississippi. So, yeah, we'll have to get you to all those places and compare to that other michigan
5: yes
0: (laughs) does that sound like a good plan
5: it does more vacation you had a
0: good time i did all right well we're glad to have you back here it's good to be back we're we're, we're tickled that you would come back to join us here in the south (laughs) megan headwall everybody well what's your opinion of watermelons
5: i love watermelons do you oh yeah they're perfect in the summertime Mm -hmm. they taste
0: good they taste good Even Watermelon Moonshine. Lainey Wilson's all for that. We're going to talk about watermelon ice cream. I don't know if I've really ever had that. Have you? No, I haven't. Well, there is a two-ingredient watermelon ice cream that's out courtesy of dot (laughs) SlenderKitchen.com. And this is a perfect, creamy, healthy treat that's got flavor that's bursting. And it's easy to make, according to Kristen McCaffrey, who wrote... The recipe for two ingredient watermelon ice cream this is our southern recipe of the day on the y'all show so I love the fact that this is only involving two ingredients it's ready under 10 minutes and all you have to have is some frozen watermelon and a food processor to make it Ooh. do you have those items I do all right so what you do is you get your two ingredients here your frozen watermelon and then the other item I told you about is a a food processor you get those together and it it kinda ends up making something kinda like a sherbet is what it is but you freeze the watermelon and after that you let it for about three to four hours make it freeze and have pieces of the watermelon frozen and then once they're frozen you can move them to a Ziploc bag until you're ready to use them then you have to get a liquid. The ice cream can be made with yogurt, canned coconut milk, or sweetened condensed milk, or any combination of the three. All add a unique flavor to the deliciousness that's going to be going on. You can also add stevia or some other sweet option if you need more of the fun of that. But uh, It's easy to make. You can go to that website, as I said, slenderkitchen.com and pull out what you need the ingredients begin three cups of watermelon and a half cup of light canned coconut milk so yeah that's those are the two items that you have to buy in addition to having that food processor and you put it all together freeze the watermelon pull it out and add the watermelon to the food processor and blend until smooth scrape down the sides and add the yogurt coconut milk or the condensed milk and add the remaining watermelon and blend until smooth and crispy. You can eat it immediately or freeze two to three hours for a firmer texture. But I love the fact that you can do this in about 10 minutes, according to Kristen McCaffrey's recipe. She ought to know because she works for SlenderKitchen.com. But we love ice cream this time of year, and most of us love watermelon, and we just came up with the perfect combination. And it sure looks good. It really does if you see the photos over at slenderkitchen.com the two ingredient watermelon ice cream i love it hopefully you will love it too so do you have any watermelons growing there at the headwall manor
5: no i no? go buy one are
0: okay. you uh, seedless or it do you bother. like to you like to spit them out
5: either way probably I, seedless i'm
0: going to be at the watermelon carnival this weekend that's in water valley mississippi
5: oh i didn't know that's that why that i'm wearing that.
0: this shirt and so, yeah, if you uh, are coming down to the Watermelon Carnival, which is, I think, like the 80th carnival they got, they'll have a watermelon seed-spitting contest. Oh. They'll also have a contest for the largest watermelon. See, here in the South, we have some awesome festivals. And I'm starting to see, throughout the South, a few watermelon events pop up, because that's this is the time of year watermelons are usually available. And at Water Valley, which is about 20 miles south of Oxford in North Mississippi, They will be celebrating watermelons in a big way. They even have a watermelon queen. Hmm. Maybe you could sign up for that sometime. (laughs) Probably not. And uh, it's just a great southern tradition going on this weekend. And you can come out and see the Y'all Show. In fact, I think I'm going to go on location Friday for that, for the show down at the Watermelon Carnival in Water Valley, Mississippi, this weekend. So any festivals that you want to try to go to one day?
5: not at this moment you don't want to think... go
0: to the chitlin festival no i
5: don't think I'm what what that. about
0: uh i mean a lot of festivals now involve music yeah
5: well we could go to the strawberry festival where's that in
0: humboldt oh humboldt yeah that's humboldt tennessee that's in like may each year yeah early may i think so, is, is one of on. have you been to that
5: i have you have was yep. it fun it was
0: you know they have a strawberry queen there
5: well, didn't run for that. But. Yeah, you
0: should. You should run. You should run for something. You know, now that you can't run for mayor. Well,
5: I could. You could. I could well, you could. Not to.
0: But you could run for one of these other types of ma- uh, titles, not mayoral, but more of a um, Not political. Yeah, not political. We're too smart for that now. Yeah. What would you do for your your talent? Would it be intellect? You try to blow people away with.
5: Oh, you think very highly of me. I do. I don't know about that. Well, I
0: really don't because you just abandoned us for two weeks to go to Michigan, of all places. But right. I th- you're you're my queen. You don't have to be mayor. You can just be queen. The
5: all-show queen. Yeah,
0: the queen, period. <laughs> we need a queen in this country. We don't have any. <laughs> Speaking of queens and more, we're going to talk in hour three when we come back all about what happened in Des Moines this past weekend. Yeah. They had a Lincoln event there where it was like speed dating. For the Republican candidates for president And it was pretty wild And we're going to play some of the audio from that when we come back And we'll get Megan's thoughts And maybe your thoughts if you've got something to say About the Republican Competition for president As we're inching closer to the debate here In a few weeks All that coming up in hour number three Of the show that shakes the Southland We are y'all, stay tuned of the Monday Y'all Show underway. We've got Megan heardball joining yours truly, John Rawl, here on the show that's all about the South. It's the Y'all Show on great radio stations as well as in podcast form, Spotify, iHeartRadio, the TuneIn app, Tune in app, as well as Apple Podcast and Apple iTunes. And if you need one more option out there, we're at y'all.com, the South's homepage. You can check all that out right there. Check it out and enjoy a show that truly is unlike any other with our combination of news and politics and sports and watermelon ice cream recipes and history and just so much. We got it all, y'all. Thank you for being a part of the program. You can email us anytime, mail at y'all.com. We also have a 24-hour-a-day, 7-day-a-week text line if you want to catch us here. And that text line, 615 208 41. Eighty-four. This hour of the Y'all Show got a lot of politics to talk about. Friday night in Des Moines, they had the Lincoln Dinner put on by the local Republican Party of Iowa, and virtually all the major Republican candidates for president were on stage as they had a ten-minute time limit. And we're going to play a, a few of those guys and what they. Yeah, guys, I don't have Nikki Haley audio for you today, so it's all guys that I've got sh- set up for you here. On our political spotlight coming up in a few minutes And we're going to get Megan's thoughts on what happened I thought it was an interesting night And I love how some of these candidates Look like they could be presidential In one of the upcoming presidential races Maybe not 2024 though So we'll we'll talk about all that And if you've got any thoughts on the presidential race By all means By all means hit us up here At the y'all show Before the hour is up A quick look at some southern sports news more on the PGA champion from this past weekend a Ardmore Tennessee native picks up his first win on the PGA tour Lee Hodges congratulations there plus news out of the NFL as the play by play I don't know he wasn't play by play He, he just happened to work for the flagship station for Washington Commanders football and this guy got fired for some comments he made about another person that worked with the NFL team in a media standpoint, Charlotte McBride. He called her a Barbie girl. Has anybody ever called you a Barbie girl, Megan? No. Okay, I'm not calling you one because I don't want to get fired. <laughs> but this guy called this lady a Barbie girl, and guess what? He's out. He's out of there in D.C. So we've got all that coming up in our sports headlines of today. Let's get into the news headlines to start off this hour of the y'all show and we're going to talk politics here in a moment but president trump it looks like did you see the news over the weekend where in atlanta they're already putting barriers up in downtown atlanta near the courthouse no. where they're expected that he could be indicted in the next couple of days for the perfect phone call he says that he had with brad raffensperger no. of georgia you did not see that no, i didn't see that. what were you doing this weekend
5: I was I was enjoying my time away from I, politics I saw, and I high saw blood you pressure. out
0: by the pool. You had a picture out on yeah social media. Did you like that? Did yes. you go in the water? Yes. Okay. All right. Well, it's
5: too hot now. I didn't to.
0: know if you were just having a photo shoot. No. Very nice, by the way. <laughs> Very nice. Um, but yeah, Fonnie Willis is the DA there in Fulton County, and now she's been investigating for two years, trying to get Trump. She's an, another person trying to get Trump. And the call that he made to Brad Raffensperger, Georgia's secretary of state, where he essentially said, I just want to find whatever the amount of votes was to win. Mm -hmm. And they're claiming that or she's going to try to claim in a case, it looks like that is illegal, that he was trying to interfere with the election of 2020. So that would be the one, two, I believe, third indictment that he would officially have. Are you? Am I right on that? That sounds right. Stormy Daniels, Mar-a-Lago documents, yep. and now this, this. thing. Yep. And Third. then he's still possibly going to get one for the...
5: Some more documents or something.
0: No, no. Come on now. No. <laughs> Let's not forget about J6. Oh,
5: yeah.
0: He's likely going to get indicted for that. So that's four more than likely coming for President Donald J. Trump. And in Georgia, they're gearing up for that. Now, President Trump tried to get on the offense, and he's been asking for a lawsuit against CNN, and over the weekend, that might have happened Friday, a federal judge has dismissed this Donald Trump lawsuit against CNN, where the former president claimed that references and news articles by the network's host to his efforts to overturn the 2020 election, as they called it, the big lie, and he said that was defamation and the Trump team were seeking punitive damages of $475 million in the lawsuit filed in South Florida back in October and that you, you might have gone on do you watch CNN? No. No, admit it I know you do. No, I
4: don't. <laughs> and
0: and And for a long time they had a graphic up there called the big lie that's mm-hmm. what they would call the whole effort for Trump to say that the election was stolen and more. So Trump got mad about it, tried to do something about it, and U.S. District Judge Raj Sanghal, a, a Trump appointee, by the way, said Friday in his ruling that the former president's defamation claims failed because the references were opinions and not factual statements. CNN's use of the phrase, the big lie in connection with Trump's election challenges does not give rise to a plausible inference that Trump advocates Advocates the persecution and genocide of Jews or any other group of people, the judge wrote in this decision. I don't know where the, the Jew thing came, but Trump, in his claim about the big lie, said that calling it the big lie, that was tantamount to comparing Trump to Adolf Hitler. I'm just telling you what was in the case. So this judge throwing it out in South Florida over the last few days. Matt Gates is in the news. Are you a Matt Gates fan?
5: He has some good stuff.
0: You like his hair? No. <laughs> he, he, he does a good job with that hair. <laughs> but he was in his uh, native area. I think his hometown is Fort Walton Beach. And they're at an event in the last few days. It was Friday afternoon he was there. He was having an event. And someone captured on TikTok that's now received over 100,000 views, by the way. Trump speaking, I mean not Trump, Gates speaking. He's kind of a baby Trump, actually. I guess when I think of Gates, I do think of Trump. But Gates was speaking at this event there in Okaloosa County. And a person started yelling, Matt Gates, I got you the underage girl. And then Gates responds with, this guy's a real piece of SHI. You know what? The guy also had the one that interrupted him a sex doll with him. Now, Matt Gates was recently investigated for sex trafficking by the U.S. Department of Justice. They closed their case back in February and gave no criminal action toward him. And so that was good news for him, but that investigation was over allegations that Matt Gates had had a sexual relationship with a 17-year-old and paid for her to travel with him across state lines. But that case and that whole Deal against him fell apart. They're not only trying to get Trump; they're trying to get Gates. Mm-hmm. And Matt Gates having this guy interrupt him, and he and he's he smartly fired back at him over the weekend. <laughs> Other headlines across the southeast today: want to congratulate North Carolina because that state is getting a 7,500 worker plant built there in Moncure, North Carolina. Governor Roy Cooper on Hand Friday when they started digging dirt for this electric vehicle plant in central North Carolina. And it comes to us courtesy of Vietnamese based electric vehicle manufacturer VINFASD Vinfast. And they're building their first manufacturing facility outside of Vietnam in Chatham County, which is 30 miles from Raleigh. A $4 billion investment. And this would become North Carolina's first car manufacturing plant and North Carolina's largest ever state-backed economic development project. So VINFAST, which makes fully electric SUVs, hopes to open this plant in North Carolina in 2025 and they hope to build 150,000 vehicles a year at this North Carolina plant. So congratulations, electric vehicles. Now with this plant in North Carolina you've got Blue Oval City that has two plants, one in western sort of southwestern kentucky that i've seen traveling up i-65 it's humongous hmm. and then they've got the big plant in west tennessee that i've also seen that is humongous so electric vehicles are, are coming it looks like well. go get your well battery charger right now megan <laughs> i know you got something smart to say go no, ahead i was just
5: gonna say shout out to all the taxpayers who are working their tails off to help fund these things <laughs>
0: Did you realize when you buy an electric vehicle,
5: I would never do that,
0: that you get money back from the government, like thousands of dollars. I think I'm right on that. I talked to my buddy who's recently got one for someone he knows, and he said it costs 30000 but the government gave him like $10,000 back, or he's waiting on that $10,000 check.
5: Well, I don't get it. That's still less than what the government took from him in order to build this plant in the first place. You're...
0: Uh, the one he bought, I'm not even sure, was built in America. He bought a Chevrolet. I don't know where Chevrolet's making their EVs, but uh, it, it's, it's in some ways, it, it, just, it just doesn't make sense, Megan Hedwall, no, nope. Kind of like you leaving us for a week and a half. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that is some strange news from an EV standpoint that North Carolina getting their first automotive plant. I found that a little unusual. So we, we wish uh, all those who, again, ex- estimated 7,500 workers. That's a lot of people. So that's a good thing.
5: It uh, depends where they're bringing them from, though.
0: Oh, ah, okay. Because
5: well, like Blue Oval here in West Tennessee, there was no deal to hire a certain number of tenants. They're probably
0: bringing them in from Michigan.
5: Probably Detroit, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to so. bring all these dang Yankees down to the south. Yeah. Hey, what's new? Hey. How many Southerners did you run into up in Michigan?
5: none it was so sad one 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 where uh she moved from tennessee up there and she owns a radio station oh really yeah
0: did she still have her accent
5: it came out a little bit once she got around me
0: okay she was nice to you
5: oh uh, of course
0: okay did y'all talk about food and mama and all that (laughs) other fun stuff
5: talked about all kinds of southern stuff did you all (laughs) right
0: see we we're kind of an ambassador for the south here on the Y'all Show. And thank you, I guess, if nothing else, some good came from your trip there by meeting that lady. Mm -hmm. We've got more of the Y'all Show. When we come back, we're going to be an ambassador for Republican politics Friday night in Des Moines. They had a Lincoln event there and most of your major political foes got up on the stage and had a 10-minute limit of where they could talk. And when we come back, we've got some clips of some of those speakers. We're going to hear from Vivek Ramas What's his name? Vivek, uh-huh. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> we got Will Hurd. He got booed off the stage. He's the congressman from San Antonio that's not afraid to bash Trump. So we're going to hear from him. Got some Ron DeSantis audio as well as Trump speaking there Friday night. All that is part of our coverage of Republicans getting ready for the big debate coming in just a few weeks. We'll have that coming up after the break. Plus, before the hour is up, some more sports news, including some golf And some college football news out of UGA. They're in the news for the wrong reason. Again, all that ahead on the Monday edition of the show that's all Southern. We are y'all. to get us back into the Monday edition of Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. I'm proud of old Dwight Yoakam. He's making some tours right now. I've heard him on some different stops across the southeast. First time I've heard his name putting out concerts in a long time. In fact, I'm pretty darn sure I recently heard a new song from him on the radio. If it wasn't Dwight, it sounded just like him. So I'm excited that we've got Dwight Yoakam still out there churning Especially with a song like Fast As You. John Rawl alongside Megan Headwall. And we're going to talk fast here. Megan, are you a fast woman?
5: No. You're
0: not a fast woman. Are you a fast talker?
5: (laughs) Sometimes I can run my mouth.
0: Yeah, well, we're going to have you run your mouth in a big way here. We're going to talk politics and fast because over the weekend in Des Moines, Iowa, they had a Lincoln dinner event as a fundraiser for the Iowa Republican Party. And all of the major Republican candidates for president were there, and they were limited to a 10-minute speech. So they had to get a lot done in 10 minutes. And some news came out of that. We're going to kind of recap it here on this Monday edition of the Y'all Show. But it was the first time, at least in recent memory, that Trump was in the same building with people like Ron DeSantis mm-hmm. and others that have been critical of him. And so here in this segment of the Y'all Show we're going to get a little political hope y'all don't mind and Megan and I are going to recap some of the fun from Friday and we're getting at, we're kind of getting ready for August 23rd that is the date that they're going to have the Republican debate in Milwaukee yeah. and right now seven people have qualified for that event because they raised enough numbers of I guess they got to have a
5: $40,000 from different
0: from a, a number of people those seven people Trump DeSantis, Mike Pence, Nikki Haley, Tim Scott, Chris Christie. So they better get the other ones better get their you know what in gear or they're gonna be left out. If you're not in the presidential debate, I don't see how you can carry on with your campaign. I know there's gonna be more than one debate, but come on. You 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 need to have a bigger influence. So we're gonna hear from one or two of these people that are out here sinking right now with their effort to be republican nominee for president so i'm going to play some audio clips of some of those people on stage friday night any comments you have about it before we get into playing clips no i'm
5: looking forward to because
0: i know you talked about larry elder
5: i listened to part of larry elder's speech and president trump's speech as well okay but
0: anything i was newsworthy of elder
5: no, he talked about the epidemic of fatherlessness across the country and just the impact that plays on our welfare system and people's lives and children's lives. Uh, Trump, I was surprised, he read his speech. Normally, he gets on stage and he just, you know, hmm. knocks it out of the park. This time, he kind of just read it all the way.
0: And we've got a little clip of Trump here in a second that you'll hear him actually reference how he was on a, a clock. Yeah. He's not used to being on the clock. Right. He likes those nearly two-hour speeches. That's probably why he
5: needed to read it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's probably why. But let's start off with maybe the biggest story of the night was Will Hurd. Now, Will Hurd, prior to going into politics, was, I think he was in the CIA.
5: Yes, I believe that's correct. And
0: he's out of Texas. He represented, after going into politics, he was a congressman from the San Antonio area. And he is no longer a congressman. I think he might have even lost his last election if he didn't lose he decided not to run but he decided to get into running for president in 2024 primarily to go after president donald trump so trump's getting attacked big time from not only chris christie but people like will Hurd and more and let's listen now to what Hurd said friday and des moines and the reaction that came with his comments here's Former Congressman Will Hurd of San Antonio speaking at Iowa's Republican Lincoln Dinner Fundraiser in Des Moines, Iowa.
2: One of the things we need in our elected leaders, for them to tell the truth, even if it's unpopular. Donald Trump is not running for president to make America great again. Donald Trump is not running for president to represent the people that voted for him in 2016 and 2020. Donald Trump is running to stay out of prison. And if we elect, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Listen, I know the truth. The truth is hard. But if we elect Donald Trump, we are willingly giving Joe Biden four more years in the White House and America can't handle that. God bless you and God bless America.
0: All right, Will Hurd of Texas and Des Moines. Pretty strong words there, Megan.
5: Not a popular opinion.
0: <laughs> a, a handful of yays, but mostly boos yep. from his statement. Trump running to stay out of prison, which he might go to prison if he's elected. I mean, he could go to prison and still be elected and still be president. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that prohibits that. I'm sure you learned that growing up, studying the Constitution. Okay. That's Will Hurd. Now, another guy who's not been quite so critical of President Trump. Are they having a bromance? Ron DeSantis. Now, his campaign's still not quite doing what it should be doing right now. Right. Do you think he's been all that critical of Trump?
5: I think what he's... Everyone seems to be attacking Trump. So I think what he's taking is a different approach, trying to attack the issues at hand versus attack Trump.
0: Okay. Well, here's a clip of Ron DeSantis, the Florida governor, Friday night in Des Moines at this GOP Lincoln dinner and some of his thoughts as he's running for president.
2: We're sending the military to the border. Yes, we will build a border wall and we will use deadly force against the Mexican drug cartels because I'm sick of them poisoning our kids. I'm sick of them killing our citizens and I'm sick of them trafficking people into this country.
0: Hmm. Ron DeSantis. Strong words. Yeah. What do you he say he's gonna kill people? Kill the cartel?
5: Well, they're killing us and our children, but I actually have a client who just came from back from the border. He was patrolling it, part of the National Guard, and he was telling me it was interesting. The feds are down there encouraging people to come across the border and then the National Guard and Border Patrol are trying to stop them. So it's kind of like they're all working against each other.
0: That's the stupidest thing and I've heard a lot of stupid things. Yep. So the so, Border Patrol is encouraging people No, to,
5: the Border Patrol and the National Guard that was sent down by Governor Lee. Yeah. They're all trying to stop people from crossing the border. The feds have come in and are trying to encourage people What kind to come of agency
0: do you think? I, don't know. I need names. <laughs> we need I need names. phone numbers. <laughs> We're going to call them up right now. <laughs> what are y'all doing down there? So they're encouraging people to come over
5: and texas and others are trying to stop them from coming over
0: what a disaster
5: it's ridiculous
0: it's stupid
5: but the border is an issue so
0: it's been an issue but this is just plain stupid (laughs) and there's no reason for your your guy that was down there is in the national guard yes so what's the national guard doing in texas I, i know why he's there he's putting up a big role but that shouldn't be the case
5: Well, you know, Texas Governor Greg Abbott, you know, called for help. And Florida and Tennessee and some other states have sent down troops. And, yeah.
0: I don't know what to say. So, you know what, I'm not going to say anything. Let's talk about another guy that I saw his Iowa speech Friday night. And I haven't paid a whole lot of attention to Vivek Ramaswamy. But this guy's sharp. This guy is seriously somebody to look at for at least a vice president but possibly president i don't know his age he, he's a young guy good-looking guy and he has as far as i know nothing negative to say about him other than people can't pronounce his name vivek Ramaswamy spoke at iowa's republican dinner in des moines friday let's go in and hear a little bit about this guy who unlike chris christie and others has been real critical of trump He hasn't really said anything too negative about Trump. In fact, kind of praises the 45th president. Here's Ramaswamy again from Friday on the Y'all Show.
2: We said, you know what? We can handle the truth. We can handle the truth about what happened with COVID-19, whether or not it began in a lab in China. We can handle the truth with respect to vaccination and mask mandates and school closures and shutdowns. We can handle the truth about a Hunter Biden laptop story on the eve of an election. We can handle the truth about what really happened on January 6th. This is what the American Revolution was about. We the people can handle the truth. And I will tell you this. That is the moment, and that is the moment we live in today. It is a 1776 moment in this country. That is the real choice we face in this GOP primary. There are many good people running, good-hearted people. I am not in this race and will not personally attack any of them. There are good people who wish to serve this country. We are running to something. We're not just running from something, attacking our neighbors. But there is a choice we face. There are good people in this race who will tell you this is the time for reform. We need to work within the institutions we have. We should incrementally reform them for the better. But that's a false promise. They don't know it's a false promise, but when those institutions, when that government, when that deep state has become so rotten, we can no longer just fix it from the top. This is not a moment for reform. I don't stand for reform. I stand. For revolution, this is the moment of the American Revolution. Those 1776 ideals that set this nation into motion 250 years ago.
0: All right, Vivek Ramaswamy, with some of the comments from Friday in Des Moines, Megan. It's
5: a good strategy, not attacking anyone. We're all here, trying for the better.
0: Yeah, this guy, again, is a sharp guy. I know he was a a tech executive, I think, and he's got money, he's got the look, he's got the conservatism, and he's of Indian heritage, which is kind of crazy. Let's say he gets elected president. Did you realize that both the United States and the United Kingdom at that point would be led by people from India (laughs) with Indian heritage? (laughs) Wouldn't that be kind of unusual? Of course, he's not the only... Person running on the Republican side with Indian Heritage as Nikki Haley is also of Indian Heritage as well but Vivek Ramaswamy trying his dangness to get a little bit more attention but he has not qualified for the debate coming up August 23rd so he needs a little more help let's go to the guy that was the target of several people Donald Trump he spoke also in Des Moines and he was on a 10 minute time limit and he talks about that here in this clip so let's go here Number 45 speaking at the Lincoln Dinner Friday night in Des Moines.
2: And I'm going quickly because we're given ten points and we're given ten, we're given ten quick minutes. So I'm gonna go quickly, but we did a lot of things. It's hard to do it that quickly. In the newest echelon poll of swing states, we're trouncing Biden by seven points. In the big new premise poll, we're beating Biden forty-three thirty-nine while DeSantis is losing to Biden 33-38. In other polls, I'm leading Biden by 6, 7, 8, and 11 points, while DeSantis is losing to Biden in all cases. I wouldn't take a chance on that one. All
0: right, so he takes his opportunity with only a couple of minutes to speak to talk about polls.
5: And Ron DeSantis. De who? who? DeSantis. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so everyone's biggest threat is Trump, and Trump realizes his biggest threat is Ron.
0: Well, Ron's going down yeah. in, in numbers, at least. And I tell you, Vivek Ramaswamy is coming up as well as this other guy, Ron. Somebody that's like <laughs> I keep—he's uh, got ads all on, on these. All, all I don't half know about him because I don't watch enough cable TV. But he's got ads all over the place, and uh, he's in some polls maybe ones he pays for is showing up like number two so we, we better start paying attention to this guy but but DeSantis still I mean I love that clip of DeSantis I mean he, he's not backing down no DeSantis has the moxie and I love that he is a Trump he's a Trump alkalite acolyte and so I hope him I hope he's all the best I, I'm I'm looking for if Trump can't get it and win, we want somebody who's going to win. If you're a conservative, and DeSantis is pretty strong, and most of these people are pretty darn strong. I didn't hear Chris Christie.
5: No, I didn't either.
0: And we didn't play him today, but he's doing good. He he's made the debate. He's doing good in uh, in New Hampshire. So and Tim Scott is doing pretty good. All things considered, mm. and Megan's not buying into this. <laughs> Who are you going to put your money down on? None of them. <laughs> Not even Trump. Gonna so we're just going to go ahead and let Biden win again.
5: No, we don't want Biden. Definitely don't want Well, y- We need someone who's going to go in there and just tear everything
0: down. Who would you like to see, Democratic-wise, give Biden a little push to, to, to maybe even win the nomination? Are you okay with Gavin Newsom?
5: Oh, gosh, no. No?
0: No. What about Matthew McConaughey? <laughs> Right. No. Well, he's, some people think he might run. What about, what about M- Michelle Obama? What
5: about Kanye West?
0: Well, I don't know what party he would be in. You mean, what is he, yay? Yay, yeah. You know, he's getting back on Twitter.
5: Oh,
4: no. X. Oh, no. He's being
0: back allowed on that platform, supposedly. Are you on X? No. You're not on X. What do you think of the new name? That happened while you were gone. No. So you leave town, and Twitter changes its name.
5: <laughs> the world burns.
0: <laughs> yeah. All because you left. I don't get it. But, no, I haven't uh, I haven't activated an X account thus far, but yet, Kanye, a.k.a. Ye, supposedly getting back on, and he and Trump, you know, that might be Trump's running mate, because he and Trump got together. Remember, he went to his office I
4: know.
0: wearing a baseball cap or something yeah. like that in, in the Oval Office, and they helped with the prison reform, which was a good thing. There was a it was a good thing. They worked on that for a long time. In fact, Jackson, Tennessee's own Van Jones was part of that effort, oh. and uh, said good things about Trump because they did something with that that had not been done in previous Republican or Democratic administrations in Washington D.C. So Trump did good things as he rattled off in his nine minutes. I was watching this live in Des Moines Friday night, and it was amazing to hear some of the conservative commentators be amazed that he got off the stage a minute early. He had another minute. He could have been up there. Wait a minute. It's only been nine minutes. He's leaving? They They were stunned. Now, Trump goes on from Des Moines Friday to Erie, Pennsylvania Saturday, and he had a big rally there, and... I'm trying. I walk, did you watch that?
5: No, I saw pictures from it.
0: You should have watched it so you'd be prepared to talk about it here today. <laughs> you should have taken two hours out of your pool time to watch <laughs> Trump, but I watched it for you. And it was, he, he did a good job. Now, one thing he did different in the speech Saturday as he was wrapping up when he starts doing his, we want to make America safe again. We want to make America strong again. We want to make America, but, but that little part. Yeah. He's introduced this music underneath him when he's talking there at the end. He does need to freshen things up with his shtick. And and that was good. And, and of course, his punchline is Make America Great Again. But the people there in Erie came out. You know, Erie did not vote for him in 2020.
4: Hmm.
0: It went blue, that county. I, I was looking at Pennsylvania's map. Because, yes, Megan, I am an expert on the South. But I'm getting to be an expert on the north, too. Isn't that dangerous? Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Yeah. (laughs) And Erie County, which is, you know where Erie is? No. Erie is weird. If you look at Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania geographically is kind of a square. Right. Right? But they had this little hook in the upper left corner, Mm -hmm. the northwest corner. And that hook, I think, was established that way by the founders of the country. I'm, I'm, I'm serious on this. I think it was established to have that little hook so it could touch Lake Erie. So Pennsylvania as a state touches a great lake and it wouldn't if the New York and Ohio borders covered up uh, the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. So I think it's the only county in Pennsylvania that touches Lake Erie and it's it's a blue county in 2020. The other blue counties were where Pittsburgh is Mm -hmm. and then you've got Harrisburg, I believe, went blue where state colleges went blue and then all the many counties around Philadelphia were blue other than that, Pennsylvania was solid red, Hmm. absolutely solid red for Trump in 2020 and he won that state in 2016 and according to him, he probably won it in 2020 but I'll let you go do the (laughs) calculations but it was an interesting night for sure Friday in Des Moines with the Lincoln dinner and Look, the Republicans right now are getting a lot of attention because they got all these people running and some of them are cutting down people like Trump. The Democrats, meanwhile, it's just not, there's no excitement there because, yes, Biden's going to be the presumptive guy running for re-election. Mm-hmm. You think Kamala's going to try to get him out of that and she's going to take over? Oh. I don't know. Come on, I need an Either answer. Way. Just to just say yes. <laughs> Breaking news. Megan Headwall says Kamala's going to convince Biden not to run. I don't
1: think that's gonna Is that going to
0: be a headline today? No, she's
5: not smart enough. And then you yet. got
0: Robert Kennedy Jr. Have you watched him much?
5: Not much. I did see an article he's upset because the Biden administration won't issue him secret service protection? Yeah. I guess all presidential candidates are issued secret service and he's put in a 42 page, 62 page or something request and uh, they refused him. Hmm.
0: Well, you know, it's odd because his own father died while running for president.
5: That's a comment that they had. And he was there. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize. Yeah, he was there
0: in Los Angeles when he was killed at that hotel. Mm -hmm. The ambassador. You ever go there? No, I did not. (laughs) (laughs) I think he's still there. And uh, so, yeah, Robert F. Kennedy, who's got 20% Perhaps I think I saw something like that on the know. on the polling for Democratic hmm. candidates. He's he's fighting hard. He's getting a lot of attention. He's getting a lot of attention on the conservative outlets. Yeah. He's on there almost every day, either on Fox or Newsmax. I think I've seen him on there.
5: Yeah, I've heard some Republicans say, "Oh, he's got good ideas." Up until he said that he's going to be taking guns away, and they said that's where he lost me.
0: Uh, that's a little weird, since he's so against COVID and the right to protect your own body then right you'd think having a gun would be a good thing too if you want to, to...
5: protect your body yeah yeah, yeah absolutely. That,
0: that too <laughs> but, but uh yeah we got a ways to go but right now seven republican folks qualifying for that august 23rd primary or not august 23rd debate in milwaukee wisconsin so thank you good good political information we're passing along mm-hmm. here in the final hour of our Monday Y'all Show. John and Megan here. We're going to switch over and close up the hour with a Southern Sports Report. Good news for a former Alabama Crimson Tide golfer. He picks up his first win on the PGA Tour. We'll let you know all about that as the Y'all Show continues. Stay tuned.
1: True to you. Talk back trembling lips. Burning eyes don't start crying. Heart, don't let her know that you're breaking into
0: Oh yeah, a little Ernest Ashworth here on the Y'all show closing things up with a little talk back trembling lips. I'm sure you've got that one on your Spotify playlist, Megan Headwall. I don't think so. That's a big song there for Ernie Ashworth. And I'm playing that song because did you realize that in addition to being a country music singer, Ashworth also at one time owned WSLV Radio AM 1110 in Ardmore, Tennessee, Also known as Ardmore, Alabama, because there's an Ardmore that splits. It's split in two. Mm -hmm. One side of the road's Alabama, and one side of the road is Tennessee. This is just south of Nashville, not far from Huntsville, Alabama, is where this is located. I've been in Ardmore a bunch of times. And if listen to AM 1110 WSLV that Ernie Ashworth owned. Ernie, we lost him. The Grand Ole Opry star back in 2009 but he was born in Huntsville and passed away in 2009 at the age of 80 but yes Ardmore which on the day that Alabama and Tennessee play football people gather on whatever side of the road that they're for uh-huh. and they kind of go after each other it's pretty wild <laughs> but speaking of Ardmore we got to congratulate Ardmore. Ardmore Tennessee in the news because Lee Hodges is from that town And he, confusing people here, the Tennessee Ardmore guy, decides to cross the road over to Alabama and go to the University of Alabama for college as he played and wrapped up his career back in 2018. But Lee Hodges Sunday captured the 3M Open, his first PGA Tour victory. Congratulations to this young Alabamian, whose wife is named Savannah, and I think she was there to congratulate him in Minnesota as he got his first victory on the PGA Tour, Lee Hodges. I did not have a chance to see that. In fact, I got home uh, around 5:30 yesterday, hoping to see the last hole or two or three of whatever event was going on, and, and they'd already wrapped up. I guess they, I, he, he, you know what he did wrap it up early because he won with a seven-stroke victory. He shot a 67 Sunday. And had a wire-to-wire victory at the 3M Open. Pretty amazing by the 28-year-old from Ardmore, Lee Hodges. Congratulations. Were you playing golf, Sunday? No. I need to get out there and play golf. Here's some NFL news from the Washington Redskins football team Commanders. The radio partner for the Commanders has fired its host, Michael Sorce. For on-air comments he made about a local TV anchorwoman, while he was at the commander's facility in Ashburn, Virginia, don't do this at home, Megan. All right. So this guy, whose real, whose radio name is actually Don Geronimo, Geronimo, uh, made several disparaging remarks Thursday toward Sharla McBride. She works for WUSA TV there in Washington, D.C. And during Geronimo's show on WBIG-FM, that would be big, big FM, which is part of the iHeart Media Network, after he spotted Charlotte McBride coming into the commander's facility, Geronimo said during the broadcast, Hey, look, Barbie's here. Hi, Barbie girl.
5: Does she look like Barbie?
0: Actually, she kind of, sort of does.
5: Oh, wait.
0: So later in his broadcast, he referred to that woman as that chick and said i'm guessing she's a cheerleader and she's been in that market a long time on television mm-hmm. i don't know if they are friends or enemies or, or or what they are but the commanders informed the station that they didn't want him and his partner crash young to come to broadcast from their facility on friday of last week and guess what iHeart media's regional president aaron highland put out a statement said after an internal review Don Geronimo is no longer an employee of WBIG. We take matters of this nature very seriously, and this behavior does not align with our core values. So Geronimo is out. Should he come over and take over the y'all show?
5: I don't know. We've got thicker skin over would, here. Would he call
0: you a Barbie girl?
5: Maybe. I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to take offense to Barbie it, Barbie
0: is a good thing, right?
5: Well, it can be. I don't know. It depends on who you are. But Do,
0: do you know people that intentionally try to look like Barbie?
5: feel like Dolly Parton kind of tries to look Do like Barbie really? a little bit.
0: Right. <laughs> After review, Megan, <laughs> Megan Headwall is, no, is longer no longer on the show. <laughs> <laughs> After an internal review, <laughs> After, I just did it. I looked down deep inside. <laughs> for and,
5: ten seconds and it's over.
0: <laughs> I think Dolly's prettier than Barbie. Yeah. I think and Barbie's I'm, a Dolly girl. And a
5: way better singing voice too.
0: Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe. But uh, yeah. That's some wokeness hitting the NFL's broadcast team there. Geronimo gone in Washington, D.C., and those commanders are going to have to get through the year without him. Speaking of the commanders, I don't have the story pulled up. They got a new owner. They, the NFL pushed out the other guy, Dan Snyder. They, yeah. they got rid of him after all the years. And he got on their nerves because he was so adamant to try to keep the Redskins' name. That's really what it's all about. Yeah. And kudos to him. He fought it. Yeah. He even had to fight. Barack Hussein Obama, because Barack Hussein Obama claimed that the Redskins were in violation of some kind of trademark. And mm-hmm. a, a sitting president went up against an NFL team because of their nickname.
5: Just a busybody.
0: Just <laughs> insane that they would even do that. Right there in D.C. It's
5: but, crazy how people are taking offense to those things. And if you ask some of these people, like they think the helicopter's the Apache and all that they think that's awesome like that is a huge war thing and people are taking offense Ugh, drives me nuts
0: yeah i'm offended that you're offended
5: <laughs> there you go that's how our society works yeah <laughs> get offended hey, on my behalf
0: <laughs> wrap up things with a little college football news so the university of georgia back in the news again as another player facing charges related to their driving record They've had, unfortunately, a player killed this year and wow. a car wreck. A staffer killed. That was right after their national championship celebration in January. And then multiple players have been cited for going well above the speed limit, which I meant to tell you all when I was telling you about Tom Wopat being arrested in Hour 2, the TV actor, the Luke Duke on the Duke's Hazard. Mm-hmm. He got a DWI in Wisconsin the other day. And the footage of that arrest is now available if y'all want to waste your time watching that. But they hit a dog on the way to the jail. That was pretty wild watching that. They ran over a dog in the middle of the night there in Wisconsin. But Tom Wopat was stopped because he was going 105 in a 55-mile-per-hour zone.
4: Holy cow. And
0: that's why he got originally pulled over, and then they found out he'd been drinking. So he's got that unfortunate incident going on with him in Athens, Georgia where UGA is located, they've had so many players get arrested for speeding and other problems and now jail records indicating that defensive lineman Tarion Dawkins was arrested last week, charged with failure to appeal failure to appear related to a handicap parking violation so this wasn't speeding, he was just being a knucklehead and evidently parking in a handicap spot Hmm. shame, shame, that's probably worse than speeding, don't you think? I don't know. Don't tell me you're a handicapped parker.
5: No, I'm not.
0: Have you ever done it? No. Have you ever thought about doing it?
5: O- only after a leg day and it hurts to walk. Okay. still didn't do it, though.
0: <laughs> I-, I think some. I-, I wonder if it's okay to park in a handicapped spot if the business is not even open. Like, I've done that. I actually have done it. I w- will raise my hand. There's a place not far from where we are right now that has cultural events. Uh huh and across the lot from him is a state agency and people park there when there's a big the the parking lot gets filled up and there were they got more than a their fair share of handicapped spots at that state building and i parked there Uh dadgummit and i'm proud of it
5: don't tell on yourself
0: i'm not telling on myself maybe this caller here to the y'all show wants to arrest me caller (laughs) you're going to be on the y'all show as we wrap up our monday edition welcome in
3: uh, hey good morning i'm not sure if you're worthy of being arrested oh really what, you,
0: what have you done now i parked in a handicapped spot but it was after hours oh it don't make any difference you're not handicapped i'm handicapped. <laughs> You should be, uh, yeah, you should be jailed already. All right. <laughs> call the Popo. All right. Somebody please call the Popo. <laughs> I believe their number is, what, it's a three-digit number. Anything else you okay. got, caller? We're about to run well, out of time. Yeah, I got, I got a whole lot of things. Who's your guest this morning? This is Megan. Ma- mayor Megan. <laughs> mayor Megan. Mm-hmm. She was uh, the mayor of Hornsby at one time.
1: Mayor of what? Horn of what? <laughs> That's
0: Hornsby. Where's
1: that at?
0: That's that somewhere in
4: Bolivar. Yeah,
0: on. yeah. You, you can Google it. We're, we've run out of time, caller. Here, you'll have to hit us back up on Tuesday. Thank you all for listening. Megan, have a great rest of your week. You well, actually, we'll see you back here Wednesday. Wednesday. This is the Y'all Show. Thank you for listening to the show that shakes the Southland. Mm-hmm.